5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. You're tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com. And welcome to God Stories Radio. This is Session 52. I'm Mike. I'm Fritz. And I'm Trish. All right. We did it. 52. Yes, we did. Back in the saddle. 52. And we're all here. Yes, we are. Still. Still, yeah. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, I can't resist. What? What's going on this week? Oh, my goodness. I've been blessed all over the place these past uh, week or so. I do want to, I don't know, how do I want to say this? Um, Claremont chiropractic life center has blessed me big time Mm. and i just want to shout out that uh so if anybody needs chiropractic care dr paul sorci who is the owner of it and then there's a dr matt karcher that's in there dr matt is awesome and i just again want to just bring that forth and anybody that needs chiropractic care claremont chiropractic life center is the place to go yeah, they're really amazing there. They're Christians, and they like help helping the hurting. Yes, Sounds they familiar, do. right? Yes, they do. <laughs> they have some kind of life center, too. I think it's like $12 and something a month they for have a, they a have fitness a, center. Yeah, or they something. have a gym upstairs. Yeah. And they have like a place where they make smoothies next door and, and stuff like that. So yes. it's a total life center. But the stuff that they do, there's a video when I first went in there a year ago that they show chiropractic care. Um, actually will prolong your life. And I get it, all right? Uh, but you're talking to a guy that's making, you know, very little an hour and, you know, not, not full time. And <laughs> they bless me big time. So, again, um, I highly recommend Claremont Chiropractic Life Center. Dr. Paul Sorchi. And Dr. Matt. Yes. Karcher. Karcher? Karcher. Karcher. Matt Kuchar is the actor. Right. Right, in a 70s show? Yes. <laughs> But, uh, How was your week, Fritz? Oh, it's been great. I've been riding the wave, but the wave is seems to be speeding up. You know, things are happening. Mm-hmm. Blessings are coming. I'm just to the point of anticipation now at what God's doing. Mm. You know, where we he's taking are. GSR and our jobs and the people that I met through GSR. It's phenomenal what relationships that we have built, friendships. Friendships around the world. Right, and all the people, the testimonies that he has brought in here and the way that he's brought some of them in here is just amazing. And and here we are, session 52, and I've talked to people, and they thought we would be only around for a couple months and it would just been a, you know, like a blink of an eye and we were were gone, but here we are still. Yeah, when I look back on that, we started just a little over a year ago. Right. Right there in the kitchen. 15, 16 months ago, and we've changed our purpose you know our number one priority that's right we need a home for gsr amen so help us and and join us in prayer to uh for god to open up a place for a home for gsr uh again it's been 15 16 months in your kitchen in your living room and it's time for a home so that would also come along with expenses and stuff like that. So that's our number one priority at this point. Yes, yeah. please be in prayer for us on that. That's a major number one priority. Fortunate enough to be able to edit out all the semis and motorcycles and everything that goes by. Yeah, he makes us sound great. But if you saw the setup, we are literally in – Fritz has dedicated his living room to the God Stories Radio studio <laughs> right and for the first few months it was the kitchen yes thank gosh he worked out the echoes on that <laughs> so it's time yeah i just was thinking this week about i was just going to say that some of our listeners um this week i was praying about it and i thought you know somebody might be really at a point of despair and i was thinking about when jesus appeared during the storm and how major the storm was that they were in, and how they had no hope, then he appeared, and it got quiet. And I thought, we need to tell our listeners that. You might be in a 
major storm right now, but you know, hang in there, hang in there before the miracle happens. I was thinking too about listeners that are hurting or having any troubles in John sixteen thirty three, he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. But you have to look to Jesus in order to get that hope and comfort and encouragement. That's right. And as we've said from day one, that's our only agenda. Only. Mm -hmm. Is to bring hope and comfort through the power of the Christian testimony. It's like oceans, the song Oceans, Where Feet May Fail. Who's that? Oh, man. (laughs) That's one of our faves. You might wonder who the guest is there that's speaking. That's Mr. Craig Fraley, one of my buddies, one of the folks that was – in the band leading the praise and worship at Celebrate Recovery at FUMC or First United Methodist. First United Methodist, uh, Pastor well, Don Fryman. When we visited there to give our testimonies, we yeah. just had a ball. And this guy can just rip the ceiling off a guitar. It's unreal. He, um, he just shreds. I'm going to let him talk about, you know, Theory Works and, and uh, All for Plate and uh, everything he's got going on. We're just uh, happy to have you on the show, Craig. We're going to let you take it away, and we appreciate you coming. Not everybody says yes. Yes, welcome. Welcome there, Craig. Uh, Sante sana. That means thank you very much in Swahili. Nice. Oh, so you were serious about the Swahili. Uh, I know a little bit. I had to take it uh, in uh, uh, junior high instead of uh, Spanish. Spanish? Yeah. Because you were going to move to Florida and, of course, have to be able to speak Swahili. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, living in Kenya, um, you know, at school we had to learn Swahili. We had a choice to learn Swahili or Spanish, so I took Swahili. Oh, I thought you were kidding. No. No, I thought he was too, but he was serious about it. (laughs) No, in junior high school, yeah. I thought you were, you know, when in Rome. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, as as a... you know, in junior high school in Africa, I was a missionary kid. So I oh. uh, lived in Kajabi. It's a mission station, uh, 8,000 feet above sea level on the Great Rift side of the Great Rift Valley. That's where I ended up for a few years as a kid. Wow. Where'd you learn to play guitar like that? Uh, that didn't come until after I came back to America. Uh, after on furlough, we came back to Tampa as our headquarters in America, and um, I picked up the guitar, and that was in 10th grade. And being in Tampa, there's a lot of music and a lot of things going on there, but, you know, I just ran into people that knew, like, uh, Joe Satriani and uh, Santana. Surfing with an Alien, one of my favorite albums. All these, they knew their music, I mean, didn't know them personally, but knew their music, and I, I was listening to that, started listening to a lot of music. When I came back from Africa, it was like, oh, wow, it was all neat and new to me. So I w- I've been playing uh, piano since uh, I was in fourth grade. So I started with that. My mom made me take lessons, you know. <laughs> you know how that is. And then, you know, I learned how to read, you know, out of a lesson book and all that. Then I actually uh, had a challenge put in front of me. Uh, my sister was taking uh, lessons, piano lessons from a, a missionary Gene Olson, and she was teaching my sister the entertainer, and the music was on the piano, and I just ran across it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna learn how to play this. I'm gonna pick it out note for note, and I'm gonna memorize it. I did that in ninth grade, and ended up showing everybody I could play piano. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my first major piece on the piano was the entertainer. So. I was basically going to, you know, give a brief overview of what, uh, how events, you know, kind of molded my life, you, you know, from the beginning. That's a good way to start. Fantastic, brother. Bring it. So um, I was born in Youngstown, Ohio, and uh, on September 7th of 1965. That's a pretty important year. I can remember the comfort of my mother's arms as she would sing me to sleep. Uh, also, the sweet smell of candy I got from Halloween. The goodies in my plastic plastic pumpkin. <laughs> but we moved several times until landing at the farm my father was raised in at Hollinsburg, Ohio. Being a medical doctor, his career was flourishing and life was great, or so it seemed. 
Trouble stirred. My parents had a marriage problem. I can remember my sister and I being sat down and asked who we wanted to live with. Mm. And of course, we both broke down and cried. You know, I can remember that. But How old were you? You know, I go a lot by grades in school. I was in first grade. Can't really remember exactly what year, what how old I was. I was young. God had different plans. My dad repented. You know, he had the heart of David. You know, he repented, and next you know, the separation was crushed, and we, as a family, were going to Africa, where my parents would begin their journey as medical missionaries. My dad was a surgeon, my mom was a nurse. So, but this would require us to move around as a family, and uh, you know, so as to get support for God's mission in our lives. Jesus had actually told both my mom and dad they were going to Africa before I was born. So they, I already knew they were going, they just didn't know when. So as we moved around, different events occurred. First, uh, in Sarasota, I remember in second grade. It was a pretty serious grade for me. I had good grades, but that was soon to change. I actually accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but unfortunately was abused sexually in the church. We attended as well the same time and I also acquired a strong sense of fear it was overwhelming it was like all of a sudden you know I, I had this sense that something was after me something dark and something not right something mean evil mm. was after me in third grade we moved to Jackson Mississippi I did good in school and liked my teacher she was cool then it was time to travel overseas I had to get my vaccinations was, but was very excited to go. I had to get like 13 vaccinations to, to go over there. As a kid, that's something. Uh, yes. My sister really didn't like it. She hated needles. She'd be screaming like, like I was a just banshee. Say, as an adult, that is scary, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I was <laughs> going to say. Imagine as a kid. You can go, but. Uh, you get a pass from me, brother. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, first, we arrived in Tanzania. East Africa. I can remember uh, us landing. We were in a. We landed. We flew in a cargo plane, one of the twin engine cargo planes. And they, while we were going, they they actually served us tea on the plane. And they, you know, I can remember they gave me tea and they put goat's milk in it. Ooh. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> then we land and we. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, you're coming from America, and now all of a sudden you're here. And it's like, okay. This is okay. just the beginning, my friend. Yeah, we land in, and it was dirt, you know, or I can't remember the hot, what kind of runway it was. Probably was dirt. But when we landed, my dad and we're all like, like wow, we're here, you know. Dun, 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 and that's like, and then my dad's out there, and he starts taking pictures, right? And all of a sudden, these guys come around and surround him and grab the camera out of his <laughs> pulled the film out of his camera, and, you know, he got in trouble for that. So it was quite interesting. But um, anyhow, uh, so, and uh, that, they were okay. So uh, what a change, living out in the wilds around different types of people, culture, wild animals, and then having to go to school eight hours from my parents next to Lake Victoria, the third largest lake in the world. Did you say eight hours? Yeah. So you would travel every... You no, couldn't travel every day. No. You would stay away yeah, from... Yeah, I had to wow. live in a, in a dorm oh. with other missionary kids. It was scary listening to the drums in the local villages during a full moon night all by myself in a dorm. Um, on top of that, my dorm parents were mentally abusive, mm. and my grades uh, went into a sharp decline. But, uh, you know, I did a lot of hiking, had many pets from lizards to hedgehogs to chameleons, not to mention the scorpions, and I'm not talking about the band. <laughs> uh. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I remember living near a diamond mine, which was gated and illegal to pick up rocks, since they might be worth a lot of money. I got my first dog there as a birthday present. Diamond was her name, and she was a Yorkshire Terrier. Oh. It was kind of cute because this little dog shaggy dog you know the africans didn't know what to do they thought it was a sheep a miniature sheep and they would come out <laughs> run around chase all the africans everywhere they didn't they were scared of the little thing a little yippie dog I'm, I'm, yeah um, by Santa, um. <laughs> and, um i also began taking piano lessons at the school came back to america for fifth grade that's where i started smoking with friends who parents were smokers we used to steal cigarettes from them and go hide out and smoke Went back to Kenya, East Africa for 6th and ninth grade. Started smoking cigars and cigarettes. is a cool thing to do. I didn't have any problem doing that because, you know, I'd go to Nairobi and um, pretty much uh, 
do whatever I wanted as a white kid. You know, they didn't they didn't card you over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. For, uh, first high was um, actually um, the first high I got was huffing gasoline, which I learned by accident because I was attracted to the smell of gas. And uh, you know, there was a gas can, and uh, I happened to pick it up to smell it, and it got me totally wasted. It became routine for me while in seventh grade. I started like doing it after school. I go and start huffing gasoline, and just you know, just to, I don't know. I really just escape. I don't know. Never did real good in school, but always got by. Had good teachers that were positive influences and godly people. Since I was in Africa, I could buy alcohol without there being any problem. I ran into Johnny Walker, Jim Beam, and Sherry, and they were not very nice people. <laughs> <laughs> and with the price of gasoline, you had to do something. Yeah, else. really, yeah. Especially when you start noticing the difference between regular and unleaded. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I put that down, actually, after one of the la- well, I remember the last time I got high on the stuff, um... I don't know, there was just some, that strange, dark presence I was talking about, that fear. Mm-hmm. It was approaching me, and I was like, okay, this is it, I'm done with that. I, I was done with that, that, out of it, no more. But, you know, I ended up substituting it with other things. It just seemed like I had this desire to, to be in, I don't know, and it just, I still can't explain. But I also ran into pornography since I could trade my comic books in for Playboys in Nairobi. Nairobi, Kenya was my stomping grounds for several years. Also ran into lots of music and really liked to listen to rock bands. My first metal band was Kiss Live, God of Thunder, 8-track. Mine too. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I ran into that. Yes, BTO I, for me. BTO, bro. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Bob Turner Drive, yeah. Wow. Not that I wasn't into Kiss at that time, but BTO was my, my first 8-track. Wow. Yeah. And then I ran into a lot of sticks. I was listening mm-hmm. to a lot of sticks. I had to tracks. Religion didn't mean a lot to me yet since, you know, it was just seemed routine to me since childhood. Just something I was born into. First time I got high was in the jungle while hiking. I mean, like, stoned. My schoolmate had replaced the tobacco and a cigarette with pot. And I had a hard time getting home that day. Next thing, <laughs> about flying back and forth to Africa, we did a lot of stopovers in many countries, which, you know, I could spend weeks describing. But one cool experience was in Israel. I got to walk on top of the wall of old Jerusalem in the morning. Yeah. Uh, checked out the Dome of the Rock, the Wailing Wall, the Tomb of Our Lord and more. I mean, you know, I knew God was real, but I just didn't have a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Landed up in Tampa, Florida for 10th to 12th grade. Nah, that's where the music became alive. It seemed like paradise here in America. I mean, I had learned piano for some years, but decided to pick up the guitar after listening to Deep Purple for several months. (laughs) (laughs) They had that that album cover with the purple strat on it, and it just, man, I don't know, enticed me. So, so I picked up the guitar, you know, and um, I had learned... Uh, piano for some years, but decided to pick up the guitar after listening to the Deep Purple. Practiced every day and became very proficient on the guitar. That's one thing that, you know, I, I, you, when you have a passion for something, you practice. Mm-hmm. You, you spend a lot of time at it. You know what I mean? <coughs> I noticed that I'm spending a lot of time in God's Word now. That's good. Yeah. It's like Amen. wild. It's a, it, it speaks to me directly now. You know what I mean? I mean, I feed on it every day. And I, I want to share it with everybody. So yes. when I do get a chance to post it or tell somebody about it, you know, God will give me a, a scripture, and then yeah, it'll be linked to somebody to help somebody else. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, that's, that's awesome. It, that's how I know God's real, you know what I mean? The guitar I learned by ear. I had some how-to-do books and a private instructor who liked to rock out and was very good and liked to show off in front of me. So During this time, though, I would run across other drugs such as speed, acid, quaaludes, and painkillers. On top of that, I was experiencing girlfriends, making out, touching, to having sex. The point is, I was becoming part of the world and liked being socially accepted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was all part of the game for me, especially, you know, coming from Africa. 
into America. I was going to say, just... Kenya to Tampa? What a culture shock. You know what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> really. It was. Yeah. Dude. Whoa, man. <laughs> I, I just thinking of him saying that he was walking home in the jungle high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and had a difficult time getting home. Really? Imagine that. <laughs> oh, you know. I had to sudden, pause on that for just really, a second. Really, you know, a lion. Now what are you going to do? Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't come, know. Come yeah, Just tell the lion, come on, dude. I've had a rough day. Let's call it even. The worst problem I had over there was with baboons. Yeah, they are they I are hear mean. they're very aggressive. They yeah. are mean. Yeah. I could, you know, and, you know, I hung around them a lot. So, you know, I mean, I felt comfortable around them. But, you know, like I'd be walking down a trail and like a mama and a baby would cross the trail. The mama would. Mm. Think I go back yeah, and start yeah. digging up dirt, and I'm I can't even move. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run sooner or later. <laughs> you freeze at first. Yeah, it's probably best, yeah, probably best not to run when an animal yeah threatens you, and you don't have you know you're you're there standing there you know no gun nothing you know I mean you're like you just freeze all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It takes just a second for your mind just to wrap around it. it. Yeah, yeah, and then you turn around and run. Uh, on well, in eleventh grade, on my way to band practice, um, I had a wreck on a motorcycle. In eleventh grade, which put me in a coma for two weeks, oh, I landed wow. on my head. Yeah, and um, the Lord had told my mother I was going to have the wreck, and she had just bought me a full face helmet, which actually saved my life. Hmm. She had had a vision that I was going to be in her in wrecks. So. But God was in control no matter what. I had learned a verse in the Bible the week before the wreck. And it was the first thing in my mind when I came to out of the coma. Mm. It's Isaiah 41.10. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Mm-hmm. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That can't get it out of my mind. Never have been able to get it out since then. It was implanted in my brain. My, it's my life verse. So God was telling me then that he was going to be with me and not to fear, which actually removed the fear I had had all my life starting in second grade that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. No more searching under the bed and in the closet for something that wasn't there. I mean, you know, Metallica came out with that song and her Sandman. You know, I, that's no kidding. I was searching under my bed and in my closet all that time until till 11th grade. I mean, even till even when we moved to Tampa in 10th grade, I was still searching under my bed in my closet for something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know if it had to do with your imagination. And what, I don't know. Something was implanted in there that I had to get out. And it got out, and it was replaced with this verse. And now, unfortunately, I don't have any fear, and that can get you in trouble mm-hmm. sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, but... Uh, so, no more searching under the bed. Um, life went on. I performed in a band called Free Spirit and recorded with them in 12th grade. So, I started getting experience with laying tracks and recording. After graduating, I went back to Africa with my parents and then came back to further my education in West Palm Beach at Palm Beach Atlantic. Now, I was on my own and could do whatever I wanted because my parents stayed over there to serve in the mission field and I came back to go to college. So, here I was on my own. Worrying became part of my life at this time since it made me get things done. So, you know, a lot of people I noticed you know, uh, about worrying about things to make sure it gets done, you know. So, you know, you're always worrying about something, make sure it gets done, worrying about something, you know. But, you know, the, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. Nothing. So I've changed that word from worry to concerned. <laughs> I can still be concerned. I'm just That's not right. going to worry about it. I'm That's not going to stress about a, it. You know same, appropriately mean? concerned. That's yeah, right. I will be concerned. And I've done the same thing. Changed that word worry to concern. I've done the same oh, thing. Oh, wow. Isn't that yeah. cool? I lasted a year in college, partying and jamming. Uh, I would then move to, back to Tampa to work for the summer. I liked the life of working, partying and jamming, and decided to stay in Champa, Tampa and jam and party and live the life of the world. I met my first wife at this time and soon had her move in with me. She played guitar also, and we started jamming and partying together. I decided then to further my education and went, back, went to Florida Institute of Technology in Jensen Beach. It was there now. It's moved since then, but uh, I went there to get my degree in underwater technology. I had become a scuba diver in Africa. 
uh, we would go to the Mombasa, the beach in Mombasa, uh, for you know a couple of weeks during the year, and uh, you know we we'd stay on the, uh, Diana Beach, which had a reef right there. So nice. Started snorkeling, you know, and eventually really got you know into diving and whatnot. So I was around live coral reefs, you know, <laughs> every day, every morning. Wake that's, up. That's cool. That was. The only problem was, just like the baboons, the only problem I had with in snorkeling was every time I'd put, come up for, you know, to see where I was at or, you know, take a breath and put my head back down, there'd be a moray eel staring me in the face. Well, you say Africa and, uh, and uh, the <laughs> reef and everything else. I was thinking uh, great whites. Oh. That's what I was thinking, too. Shark. <laughs> We're talking the Indian Ocean. I really don't know. Uh-uh. Well, Indian that's or, that's Indian Florida. Ocean. That's the Florida coast. Right, but, <laughs> no, Indian Ocean is... Um, uh, tiger sharks or something. tiger sharks, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're talking not not great whites, yeah. I don't think they're. I didn't. I wasn't familiar with any of them there, but I didn't really have any problem with sharks at all. Probably they had some sand sharks, but that's it that I ran into. Okay, so I became a commercial diver. Also had a God experience during this time. A new church got founded at the tech school, and me and my girlfriend got married. And I recommitted my life to the Lord. Wow. It seemed like, you know, the Lord was following me no matter what. So, got a job at one of the world's largest diving companies called Oceaneering. And uh, they had me move to Morgan City, Louisiana, on the coast of the Gulf, right yeah. there in Louisiana, about an hour from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. To work in the Gulf would be an experience, but you see... Alcohol flowed freely in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. You could even get a frozen daiquiri at the drive-thru. You know, you could drive through and get a frozen daiquiri whenever you want while you're driving. Yeah. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this place is cool. So, And my neighbor was a pot and Coke dealer. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Coca-Cola. So, <laughs> so it just seems to follow me around. You know, it's like crazy. And then there was New Orleans an hour away. My time offshore was long wasn't long but when i came on show i was partying like there was no tomorrow also jammed in a band with my wife uh, i was lead she was rhythm guitarist and after several years of that i decided commercial diving was too dangerous I mean, it was time for a change and moved back to tampa to get new direction so i came back to tampa again well you know yeah i didn't want to lose my fingers or my hands because you know music was my passion so it really is a dangerous type of job you get paid well but you know your life's on the line every day you know what is it but i'm just saying like extra on the line but a lot of cool stories i could tell you about that but this was uh okay so after that after a separation with my wife and i had a strong conviction from the holy spirit and i decided to make things right and reunite with her and go back to college and major in music so this is when i made a change to major in music that See, explains your guitar playing, how good you are. I mean, yes, you ma'am. Didn't realize you went to school for that. Also. Yeah, I refined. I just, you know, yeah, I decided to take it one step further because you know, I, it, you know, it just seemed to be part of me. Anyhow, I, I felt, I felt directed by the Lord too. I mean, I, I really. Well, did. it's a passion, so I wanted to use my, you know, my, what I did best for the Lord. Right. And take it serious. It seemed only right since God had allowed me to be around music all my life. This was uh, my way of utilizing my talent and doing it for God. We went to Africa first so I could show her how, my wife, how I was raised. Spent three months there jamming for the Africans. But when we went to Nairobi, I would get drugs and alcohol. So it was like I still was, that was a little bit part of me still. The dabbling. The dabbling, yeah. It's like I couldn't, it seemed like I could not let go of the lifestyle. You know, I wanted to do good, but it, um, it seemed like I could not let go of the lifestyle. I wanted to do good, but wanted to get wasted on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, well, we moved to Lakeland, Florida, went to Southeastern University, straight down the road. Not too far. The first guitar lesson that I taught was with a man on his deathbed. It was very interesting. Yeah, he was uh, about to die, and he wanted to learn the guitar. 
Wow. And I had the opportunity, to, had the privilege to teach him. <sighs> this would uh, start my teaching career. I remember my music theory teacher would cry in the spirit while teaching uh, theory. It was like he knew something was going to happen to me. But, you know, I thought he was crazy. I got a job at a music shop teaching private lessons. My wife and I had an original metal band called Jaded Heart, and uh, we were performing and recording, but we're still doing drugs on the side. I soon helped run the small business and learned many things about you know, running a small business, a music shop. It seemed like I was in the Lord's will, and he was blessing me. I had two wonderful daughters by this time, Angelica and Melodia. Then it happened again. My wife and I could not get along. I was advancing in the music field while she was going in another direction. She became the head secretary for Burning Little. I don't know if you know who that is, but he was the head guy that owns uh, the Anheuser-Busch uh, distributorship in Florida. Uh, in yeah, Florida. Bush is a big... Yeah, Yeah, Bush Garden, SeaWorld, all that. Mm-hmm. Back then, now it's not anymore, but... You know, he, I mean, he flew in on a jet helicopter every morning from Miami. <laughs> He'd fly back and forth from Miami to work. <laughs> yeah, very rich. Uh, things got bad enough at the house, and I separated from her again. Next thing you know, I got divorced. My opportunities in the mu- music field were opening. I started another band called Theory. But this time, things were different. I was on my own and could do whatever I wanted. Mm. It was all about me and my talent, and boy, did I take advantage of that. I chose to do things my way or the highway. My band theory recorded a CD project, and I was going somewhere, and I was on the bandwagon. Forget God, it was all about me. Well, you know, that band only lasted a while. But, you know, doors opened up for me to jam and help another band called Talisman. Talisman. We jammed and recorded a CD project again, and that's when meth came into the picture. I started shooting up meth. Since I felt I needed the energy to jam and write music and perform, why not, you know? It was all part of the game. Get wasted. That was all part of the image. It's more more than just this rock star thing they say, rock star image or whatever. No, it was more than that. Is are you experienced? You know, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> it was like, how far can you go mm-hmm. and still play that guitar? <laughs> mm. I really like to speak drugs. It seemed like they gave me the courage to do things I could not do on my sober mind, whatever that was. I had a few girlfriends, one of which got pregnant. I chose to pay for an abortion. And boy, did I feel the guilt afterwards. That was not a good thing, you know. In my life, I learned how to cross the line, things that can't be undone. Mm. That's the life of an addict. Can't unring the bell. It's like, no, you can't go back. There's no going back. It's time to... (laughs) Now I understood, since I was dependent on getting high, what it meant to be addicted. I never really understood that word until then. Money started flowing, and I started having all kinds of grand ideas. But, of course, being wasted and not including God in the picture meant only disaster. After one and a half years, I was broke. I had sold everything and broke the law. (laughs) Bad. Mm. Boy, I like making statements, but this was crazy. I really messed up and was about to pay dearly for my mistakes. I tried to run. I got on a Greyhound and took off to Oklahoma City to stay with my sister and her family. Well, she sent me back. She said, no way, hit the highway, she said. It didn't come to me to seek God's help. What an idiot. So now I was back in Lakeland, Florida, stuck still using. I was still staying. I was staying up for more than 10 days at a time. It took me going to jail to wake me up. Uh, I, I failed to appear. And when they FTA. do that, they put, yeah, they, what put they a do? warrant out warrant for your out arrest. arrest. <laughs> I had a lot of warrants out for my arrest. <laughs> it wasn't just one. Uh, ten years felony probation is what I got. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and my girlfriend was having a baby girl, and her name was Janie Marine. So time for a new life. I felt like I was getting another chance. I got out on probation. I was like, okay, you know, I'll get on probation. It's I was cool, thinking man. you were lucky it was ah. probation. 
Well, got a job and new place to live. I worked for Scotty's. I was working in the lum- in the warehouse and doing lumber and stuff, and you know, growing a beard and making a change in my life. Got back, but then you know, of course, I got back with my band members, and this is when I helped form a band that's called Callus, which you know they're currently playing right now, but they got pretty much all new members now than what we started with, except for the singer. And uh, well, you know, they they carried on with the music that I wrote. Don't uh, feel bad about the names, bro. I played in two bands: one called the Chick Magnets, <laughs> and one one called Model Citizen. Wow. Really? Yeah. Model citizen? Yeah. We would all dress in white. We were the original diva. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Six foot seven and dressed in white. That is a vision. (laughs) What are you saying? It's amazing what we will do. (laughs) So, uh, it's kind of funny because things look good. The only problem was I didn't include Christ in the picture. Again. Again. Yeah. Yep. Soon realized that our neighborhood was full of crack dealers. Tried that out for the first time, and boom, it was off to the races. Mm. I thought I was buying meth, and I ended up buying crack, and didn't even know what it was. My addictions took off again. Next thing you know, I violated probation. I saw and that. Ended coming. up back in jail. <laughs> when you said, "Well," I thought, mm. <laughs> "Ended he up back it. in jail." Yeah. You said, "Well," and we thought, "Hmm." <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't get that one. Oh. No, I didn't either. That's why I was asking about it. Oh. I said he was lucky that he got off on probation, and he said, well, and I thought, hmm, he must have gotten back into prison. Thank you for explaining. I hadn't gone to prison yet. I was in county jail. You know, I'd just been in the jail system. But now I thought I realized I had a problem. I prayed in jail, you know, jailhouse religion. Found out I could go to what's called the bridge. And it's an in-house rehab for incarcerated people. Oh, nice. So, you know, it was my way of making a statement, you know, that I needed help and trusted I could make, you know, things okay. Yeah. It was great. Only problem was the rehab program didn't include Christ at the center. Uh, uh, NAAA, all the way. Had to memorize the 12 steps, but did it only to successfully graduate the program and get out on my own again. So, you know, I, I just went through the, the hoops to get back, to get um, on the road again. Mm-hmm. But I was still on probation. <laughs> yeah, so, so here I was, back on probation, and when I got out, bam, got a beer, celebrated, only to find myself back at out using again. I violated once again, went back to the bridge to get help, ended up getting arrested and put back in jail again. <laughs> okay, God, what was up? I did not get it. Prayed for help. I ended up getting six months jail time for my crimes and just did the time. I really lucked out. I mean, I'm not lucked out by the gracious, by God. There's no luck involved. I don't believe in luck. Uh, but, you know, obviously God didn't want me to go to prison because I should have ended up in prison. Really. Mm-hmm. For 10 years probation felony? Yeah. Did Violating you change your name to Shaft? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But you know what? It ended up being I really prayed and I was like, God, you know, I was, I really, you know, I really thought, I was like, okay, God. I started reviewing that verse. Fear that I'm mm-hmm. And I was in, I was in the um, courtroom. And uh, getting sentenced, and there was a you know a bunch of us you know coming straight from jail, all in our oranges, orange, orange Yeah, we're the last people in the court. You know how they do it. It's from uh, Susan Roberts. She was like the serious judge in Polk County. She's like uh. the big time felony. I ended up being the last guy to get in front of her, and it happened to be her birthday, <laughs> and so she was in a good mood. And what do you know? And I was like, oh, Lord, no, I'm the last person. But she was in a good mood. And the state attorney guy, you know, he's like looking over the chart. Well, what are we going to do about this guy? Oh, you know what? It's my birthday. Let's just six months in jail. I was like, okay. From 10 years to six months. (laughs) 10 years probation to six months in jail. Amazing. Uh, Praise God for that. And jail is jail and not prison. That's even better. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no prison. 
Mm-hmm. So I didn't go to prison, but uh, jail time for my crimes and just did the time. But I was still on misdemeanor probation, and I stayed. Uh, so I stayed around the area in Polk County. This is when my daughters were taken from me since my ex-wife took off to Michigan with him and her new husband. She ended up uh, marrying the sound man for one of my bands. Kind of interesting. <laughs> they say it had nothing to do with it, but I don't know. Choose, uh, chose to still party, ended up on the streets, living in shelters, spending my paychecks on drugs and partying. Every paycheck, I would end up doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Insanity. Found out my girl ex-girlfriend had moved out of state with Janie Marie, and next thing you know, I violated and ended up in jail again mm. for six months. Again. After that, went back to the west coast of Florida seeking a change, uh, you know, over uh, Clearwater, Hudson, Oldmar, Pinellas, mm-hmm. Pinellas Park, Pasco. Mm-hmm. Got a job, decided to go back um, out to Oklahoma City for a change in location. Mm-hmm. Geographical and, cure. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> I ended up doing the same drugs, some even worse. Got a DUI, spent 20 days in jail there, I guess because I wasn't a, a resident. You know, this is just after that bombing occurred oh, in yeah. Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City bombing. And so, you know, being, me not being a resident, they they wanted to check they me out. They were So they held me in jail for just for a DUI. Man, but when I got out after... They let me out, though. I had to leave. They sent me back to Florida. <laughs> they were like, go back to Florida. <laughs> well, where I came from, wow. So now here I was back in Florida again, starting over, working. That's when I met my second wife. Tried to settle down and was still using and drinking. That marriage didn't last but two years. After trust issues and separating from my wife, I got another divorce and was forced with support for Janie Marie, my old girlfriend's daughter. But I wasn't sure she was mine. So I demanded a DNA test. And I got I got swabbed. And the uh, only problem was the mother did not get Janie tested. So they dropped the case. Next, I went to Oldsmar near Tampa in Clearwater, Florida, working, partying, and starting a new band project called Magellan's Demise. Did a lot of drinking and drugs. Ended up getting another DUI. Got one-year probation, which I violated, and did another six months in jail. That's the lucky number for you. Wow, I'm serious. That is six, six, six. It's better than like a serious, really. It is like a seven more sixes than that. I mean, wow, uh, this guy must be 80 years old by now. I'm telling you. (laughs) No, it was three. It was so far. I've counted three sixes, six months, and consecutive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers are really important to me, especially as a musician, as a theorist. You know, numbers are very important, but you know, in music it's different. And I can explain that to you uh, in a really unique way. Yeah, so here I started this new band called Magellan's Demise. You know, I don't know if you know who Magellan was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Spanish. Uh, yeah. Great guy. He had all this, all these ships and everything. He came to conquer land. He landed, you know, you know to, to uh, down in South, near, I don't know, down there, South America somewhere. Um, but. When he came on shore, he had all his troops and his ships and everything. He came on shore, and there was a native, and he shot him with a poison arrow. And it was that poison arrow that killed him. <laughs> it didn't matter how much stuff you had. It was that one poison arrow. <laughs> so that was his demise. But uh, did a lot of drinking and drugs, and this jail thing was getting old, really. You think? Yeah. I lost my license. That's why I decided to drink and drug and not worry about driving. So I had I didn't drive for seven years. I quit driving. The band project took on a new name. And it's called Urgent Nature, and we started recording it. And well, uh, it's gone nowhere since then. We had 25 tracks, 25 tracks, uh, but have not actually mastered them yet. Uh, I still just couldn't stop my lifestyle. I was digging my hole deeper, thinking there was no way out. Did some open jams. Started get. Um, tried to get the band thing together, moved here and there, went from job to job, burning bridges, nothing was working. Uh, I started with a band called Forgiving Silence, but uh, after a drunken stupor, was kicked out of the band. I wasn't getting anywhere other than wasted. Started experimenting in spiritual forces at this time, choosing the dark side, mm-hmm. paganism. 
getting experimenting on that side. Then all of a sudden, um, my uh, health changed. Bam! I was in the hospital. I ended up in the hospital with pancreatitis, and found out I had diabetes. Since I wasn't producing any insulin, that was really hard to get over. You know, in denial. You know, it's hard to accept that you have diabetes. It really is, especially when you're going to have it the rest of your life. Okay, God help. But next thing you know, I was back out drinking. Alcohol was cheap and legal and easy to come by since it was everywhere in our society. Helped me forget just for a little while. Bam, next thing you know, I had bleeding ulcers. I lost three units of blood. Still didn't stop. I was on a rampage of denial. Started smoking K2 Spice, which really twisted my reality. And kept drinking. Bam, I was in the hospital. Lost two units of blood. That's five units of water. Boy, I was getting a lot of fresh blood. I felt like a vampire. My eyesight started going bad also. Mm. I mean, just all of a sudden, bam, 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 all this, you know, I was just getting laid out. I was down and out. That's when I decided to relocate to Orlando since my pants were retiring in Claremont at the African Mission Media community, a Christ-centered community for retired missionaries. I ended up in Orlando off of Good Homes Road, my last chance to get things right, or I was finished. I started drinking, next thing you know, I was at my bottom. Nothing left to do, nowhere to go, no money, no help, other than my parents, who knew I was in need of help. Spiritually drained, I knew I was in need of a savior. They got me, and I prayed. I asked God for help, really meaning at this time. Opened the phone book, found the Salvation Army, which had an in-house program called the ARC. It's Adult Rehab uh, Center. It's mm-hmm. in, down by Mercy Road on uh, 50, near downtown Orlando. I finally got in the program and ended up in downtown Orlando at their shelter for the homeless. On the third day, I was in the house. Started uh, over, locked down for 30 days. It locked you down for 30 days. Can't go anywhere. Lasted two weeks before I ended up in the ORMC hospital for three days. Found out I had to start taking insulin by syringe twice a day. The good thing was now I was working a new recovery program called Celebrate Recovery. And it it was all about recovery with Christ at the center. And that made sense to me. A centropologist is the term I use. So I started a new and with Christ at the center and had to leave it all up to him for help. It wasn't easy. I did the step study while finding out that I had cirrhosis of the liver Mm-hmm. Bleeding ulcers, diabetes, hep C, poor eyesight, and neuropathy. All, bam. <laughs> wow. And you, you're not. You were born in 1965, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not that old to have all these. Wow. All these issues. Yeah, man. It's like not on top of being trying to get sober and clean sober, and all you, that. It was do or die at this point. Well, yeah, it was. Like, it was. It was like Nancy was talking about last week, the consequences of sin. And yep. she, mm-hmm. she yep. listed one was her, her eyesight. Right? Yeah. And he's got bam, 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 bam. With all yeah, of a sudden. that was like me and my testimony right down the list. Mm-hmm. The whole, Plate, the whole Job experience in a package. I was going to say, he has his seasons, right? He had the jail season every six, right. for six months each yep. time. There was a pattern there. Now he's got there. the health yep. season. Mm-hmm. Brother. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, well, the season had come for recovery because, you know, through the pain and and through um, having to accept this, um, I realized that, you know, I didn't have a choice anymore. I had to to sober up or die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had a vision of of a place that I did not want to go. And my feet are still burning right now, as I say every day, to remind me. The neuropathy. Wow, that neuropathy. Mm-hmm. I can barely feel my feet, I, but they, they hurt all the time. That's something I've had to learn to deal with. It, it's a, it's actually a humbling. Humili- it's a humbleness that's happened, you know what I mean? From being the god of thunder and and, and the master of metal. Now he's the master of metal. He's the god of thunder. It was, it was all about me before, but now I realize I had to focus my attention. No, no, no. I had to rely on Christ. So you got your two-by-four upside the head. Yeah, right. Really big time. Yeah. <laughs> like really big time. 
Not only that, I you know the the the, the ARC is a little, you know it's kind of like a little boot camp. They really they you have to work therapy and they got to yes, do this do. and that and that. It's and, a little hardcore. Yeah, yeah, and you can leave anytime you want, but you can't come back yeah. in. Right. <laughs> you know Eagles reference. I mean? Eagles reference. Oh, is that what that is? Hotel California. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we used to say that <laughs> at the ARC. But it was a really a great program. I mean, really did it. I um, this is a new style for me. Actually, I felt like Jonah. Okay, the only thing to keep me going was Christ and trusting in Him. I felt like Jonah. I was spit out of the belly of the well and was still alive. Now grateful to serve Him. I had put down my music playing, and it was not until uh, not until five months after that I asked to play in their contemporary Christian band called One Accord. This was a new style for me. I was all metal and hard rock, a little classical, but now with, but not with Christ included. Now I was playing with Christ and growing closer to Him through the step studies, God's Word, playing God's Word, playing godly music, and the Salvation Program, and the people I was around, true believers in Christ. Wow, why had I not tried this before? I was told about restoration from God in Christ, and now it was happening in my life. That verse I had stuck in my head made sense now. God was with me and wanted a personal relationship with me all the time. It was me having to make the choice to follow Jesus and admit I had a problem. You know, the first step. He kept step. knocking. He kept a knocking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. To God in order to receive his loving grace. After getting sober-minded, I could do God's will and please him with my talents and service. I memorized the principles and started working them into my life. I also started serving and leading small groups at the Salvation Army, and the music began taking off. Next thing you know, we were playing at the SA camps, uh, SA headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia, and they even came and recorded us here in Orlando. And next, we were in Lake Junaluska, North Carolina, playing for the Salvation Army conventions. Wow. I mean, yes, all of a sudden, it's like I put it down, and the Lord just said, Take it. You're going on tour. <laughs> Here you go. I'm just opening, opening the flood door, the floodgates. It was awesome. I mean, and, and here you go. And Jesus, and the convention was called Jesus from the Beginning. Wouldn't you know? Mm. So I also got a chance to reunite with my family in Ohio for the first time in 20 years, and my children in Michigan, first time in eight, and my grandson. Uh, God was restoring things right before mm. my eyes. Praise be to our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father. The Holy Spirit is with me, and that verse, Isaiah 41.10, is my life verse. Keeping me alive no matter what. I have no fear. I know where I'm going. No worries. Hakuna Matata. That's Swahili for no problems. <laughs> Next, it is time to leave the SA. It had an opportunity, SA meaning Salvation Army, and had the opportunity to come to Claremont and serve the Lord here at the African and the media community. I came here open-minded, willing to serve the Lord, whatever the cost. He has blessed me tremendously here. I reunited with the people who knew me as a child in Africa, who have been praying for me all my life. Mm. Next, I found a recovery program at Real Life Church uh, called Real Freedom. And that's where my parents were going to uh, church. And I went, you know, right from the Salvation Army, right into Real Freedom. And it, was, it has kept me active in the recovery process. And now I'm leading a group there that's awesome uh yeah and mm -hmm. you do celebrate recovery still too right also i found that celebrate recovery was here too i got a ride to the fumc on a thursday and they welcomed me with open arms accepted me in my messed up life that was restored through celebrate recovery with christ at the center at the salvation army i offered to play guitar and was playing by the next thursday I was thrilled how God had trained me at the Salvation Army to come here and play for the churches here and celebrate recovery here in Claremont. So it came all all through this. And here I am. I got my driver's license back after seven years, got a car, and I'm doing full service for my Lord Jesus Christ. And also I started communication with my daughters, including my grandson and Janie Marie, uh, whom will be my daughter now no matter what. <clears throat> That's awesome. Amen. And God, when he started to take you in these places again with your passion, he felt it was time that you were ready. Yeah. Yes, sir. He prepared me, yes. Absolutely. Um, I look to the Word for guidance and inspiration, and I can say that I'm doing God's will, keeping Christ at the center of my life. I will admit that I am a messed up life in need of a Savior, 
Never will be perfect, but offer myself as a tool for God one day at a time to be used to help others like me find recovery and put Christ at the center of their lives also. I am taken care of as long as I stay clean and sober and keep Christ at the center of my life. Set focus, you know what I mean? I have taught music to a lot of people in my life, and one thing I can say, it all comes down to this. One major note, and you know what that is? Middle C. (laughs) Yep, middle C. uh, The center, Christ, creator, who loved Craig enough to die for me and set me free from drugs and alcohol. Uh, I've been clean for a year and 11 months. Wow. Yeah, the reason why. That's fantastic. That's why. so restored in that short amount of time with family and everything. That's amazing. Overload. I'm just hanging over the ride. And uh, I was saying, the reason um, uh, that it was uh, on the 21st, I was supposed to come in here and give my testimony. But, you know, that night I was to be at Celebrate Recovery. The Lord wanted me there. So that's why the doors were closed. Okay. Yeah. That that was my anniversary for a year and 11 months. Oh, so, oh wow. And you know what's really wild is that next month is their two-year anniversary on the 24th. And it'll be my two-year anniversary on the 21st. So in other words, I entered the Salvation Army and became clean and sober on the 21st. Four days before they started the Celebrate Recovery at the Methodist Church here. His mm-hmm. timing is I mean, God had perfect. this all planned. I'm sure he did. If, if long as I, you know what I mean? It's like, wow. That's just so, that just gives me chill bumps, man. I'm like, wow, all right. I know I know where I'm at and what I'm doing now. And, boy, you just can't take it away from me. Uh, it's time to rock on. Uh, out of the eight principles of Celebrate Recovery, the one that means the most to me is the third Mm-hmm. which is consciously choose to commit all my life and will over to Christ's care and control. Some key verses, just so, just to say, to end, uh, Isaiah 41.10 was, So do not fear, for I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with righteousness in my right hand. Uh, Isaiah 40.31, mm-hmm. that's, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like, like eagles. eagles. Yes. yes, they will run and not grow weary, and they will walk, walk and not be faint. I love that song and that verse. Of course, John 3.16, um, that's a great verse, actually. You know, it's simple, but it's just so powerful. And, you know, I'm just going to let you know, every Thursday morning I go to uh, Superior Residence to play for assisted living. Oh, yes. They have a memory care. And, I mean, since last November I've been going there every Thursday and playing guitar for them. And it's just amazing to see how they remember me when I come in, and their faces light up. Yeah. And I start playing, and we we say that verse, and that verse means something to them now. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, God's, you know, using me in all kinds of different ways Mm -hmm. with the guitar, and not just in churches, but even in assisted living. Right. At the mission station, we now have uh, missionaries that are good in music. We're putting together, you know, music. Uh, group called the Meteorites because <laughs> it's media community, you know. Uh-huh. Ha, ha ha. Anyhow, so, but the Lord's just doing good things, and I'm just hanging on for the ride. Uh, that's where Philippians one six comes in. Being confident of this, mm-hmm. that He who began a good work in, in you, in you, yeah. in you, we'll will carry it on to, to completion. completion Amen. until the day of Christ Jesus. And also First Peter two nine, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy, a holy nation, nation, God's special possession. Mm. Oh man, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness mm. into His wonderful light. I can say that. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, to end it all is love is the beacon that guides us home. Mm. How about that? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, any questions, concerns, or comments? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Contact Jesus. Oh, yeah. All I can tell you is that, you know, it, it, it all comes down to making the choice of who's going to be the center of your life. What's mm-hmm. going to be the center of your life? Is it going to be love? It's gonna, is it going to be love like confe- uh, affection? Or is it going to be love like unconditional? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, or is it going to be money? Or is it going to be that job? Is it like you know they were saying that in church? You know about 
all the, the five top things that are most important in, in American society. And then I forgot one thing. That's Christ. Christ, focusing on Christ, keeping Christ the center, number one. And everything else will be provided to you. Yes, it will. You know what I mean? It'll fall into place. So um, I know a lot of people are doing that now. And, you know. Still not enough. Well, you know, that's why we got to keep keep plugging out. That's right. You know, the message. And, um, uh, you know, what I'm trying to do here is God's showing me that he wants me to – by working with the churches and working with the, the different recovery groups and working with different people is that we need to create unity in our community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with music, that's cool because, you know, it, we we all have something in common. Well, it is the universal language. language. It is I the universal language. I, I like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, as being a centropologist, you know, I like I said, the major note C is stands for the center note. And that's where, you know, all normal notes are based off the key of C, C major. Mm-hmm. And that's the center point. That's what tells you what's high and what's low. You don't know unless you have the center to come C. from. Mm-hmm. Start with Christ. Christ yeah, being in the center. Christ. And, and, you know, I've been teaching music and learn theory and applying it and everything all my life. And didn't associate it with Christ as being the center. Why didn't I do that a long time ago? Eureka! <laughs> you, you needed a two by four. Yeah, yes, sir. I needed a two by four. You need an El Cabong. Or four. Remember El Cabong? Clang. So, wow, man! What a testimony! What a testimony! Yeah, and you can go to Centropy Music. Centropy is center plus entropy. Um, entropy being like the law of physics, you know, uh, for every, you know, reaction is an opposite reaction kind of feel like, you know, every major has a minor. We have feelings. We have emotions. Uh, that's all part of the game. So that's what you do now is the music? Yes. Yeah. I'm focusing on the music. Now Lord's opening doors for me. The plate. Plate was my, um, my band call sign, my stage name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was recording in the studio one time, and uh, you know, I just started recording this lead solo and just went off the chain, and they were like, hey, man, what's wrong? You got a plate in your head? I said, no, I got a plate in my arm, dude. <laughs> from the motorcycle. <laughs> was, from the motorcycle. Yeah, so they were like, oh, okay, plate, that's your name now. Hey, what's up, plate? Yeah, plate, yeah. Man. Okay, so cool. It's stuck. So now, but now I'm, it's uh, turning around. It's the offering plate. To the nice. Lord. That's where I put my service. My service goes to on the plate. And that's how I'm operating. And it's weird because, you know, I'll be making these videos and stuff at churches, and it just happens to be that they have these screens in the background, you know, with the video going or whatever. And he says offering on it. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, but um, so uh, I've done a recorded, uh, working on a recording project. Uh, called exclamation which is just a statement of my faith and i figure if i do the statement of my faith that i can build from there and then god can use it with you know wherever we can go all kinds of places Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because music is a universal language right you just gotta be obedient yeah and wait for his timing yeah you know i get you that impatient thing amen to that i I don't know anything about that (laughs) you don't and if you can't spell entropy like me then you can get in touch with us at God Stories Radio at Gmail, and we'll get your question to <laughs> to Sir Plate. It's centropy. So I put the word. Well, that's easy for you entropy. to say, dude. <laughs> Try to spell it. Spell I it can't. Real fast. I'm not even going to embarrass myself. You can get in touch with us though at um, at the Gmail account, and we'll get you in touch with yeah. Plate. And you can tweet us. And you can tweet us. That's Facebook right. Facebook us. Facebook us. Oh yeah. All of the above. Sure. There is a button. There is so, a button. Oh, yes, there yeah, is. and we'd like to thank, we had a, 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 mm. somebody push the button last week. That's right. Wow. I, I would like to. I would like to thank uh, Tom, who pushed the button. Yes. I would like to thank uh, Sarah, who pushed the button. Oh, Pastor mm-hmm. Tom, yeah. And I would like to say thank you to Chris, Chris who pushed the button. Thank you very much. Chris who? Thank you very much. Oh, so. Somebody else? He's not a, not a local Chris. No. Not a local, Chris. No. Are you you hitting the bass note over there on yeah. my springs, or what are you? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Playing the springs. <laughs> uh, I just found out they actually found a, um, a signal coming out of the Pacific Ocean that since 1991 it's still going. It's like a 
tone like that. They keep picking it up and it just yeah. keeps going. Yeah, they think it's something like that. I said, Godzilla. <laughs> go, go, Godzilla. <laughs> this just in from Sports Center. The Dolphins did defeat the Cowboys 25 Whoa. to 20. And guess who yes. we play? New England Patriots play the first game of the season. Dolphins. Football Miami season. Dolphins oh, in New England. <laughs> you know, in Africa, football they call season. football soccer. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, we, they do. We played rugby in, in junior high. Not football. You Not know what rugby is? Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. crazy That's stuff. That's tough. That's crazy stuff. <laughs> well, guys, yeah. thanks for hanging out with All us right. for an hour. We're out of time. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Session 52 with Plate. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless.